This is WPCast, the tactical podcast where we help you accelerate your business with WordPress. I'm Doug from PodWP, where we specialize in designing and hosting podcast websites. And I'm David from FatCat Apps, where we build WordPress plugins such as easy pricing tables and easy opt-ins that drive conversions. This is episode 19, where we discuss how to choose the right WordPress host for your business. How are you doing, Doug? I'm doing well. So uh, it's good to be back in person. This is uh, our first recording that we're doing in person together. We're both out in Bangkok. So it's, it's good to be back out in Asia. Yeah, we also got a new microphone, so hopefully the audio quality is going to be better going forward. So we just want to say thanks for some new reviews. It's been a few episodes since we've read the reviews. So we've got five new five-star reviews since the last time we read them. So we want to say thank you to Money Plan SOS from the US. Dave, D-A-V-B-R-N, Dave Byrne uh, from the UK. You're butchering his name right there. Louis <laughs> Martins, PT from Portugal. Piers JW from Australia and Down and Proud from Australia. It's pretty international. I'm, I'm very happy about that. Yeah, we're getting a pretty broad range of uh, listeners and reviews, so we really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. It really means a lot to us. You know, it gives us some validation that we are doing the right thing here. So I'm really excited about today's topic because I think for somebody who runs an online business or for whom the website is a very important part of the business, it's actually really important to choose a host. And there's a lot of things that you can do wrong. And if you make the wrong choices, then it could backfire and severely hurt your business. So I think it's a very important topic. Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, can't, can't tell the difference between hosts. You know, when you're just starting out, you don't have the experience of, you know, working with bad ones and good ones. And you're not really sure about what features to look for and what aspects of the host you really need to pay attention to. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of things over the years. One example would be that there's this blogger who was, you know, he, he's got a pretty big following and I think it probably took him like three years or so to kind of upgrade from his small and pretty bad, like shared Bluehost account where it took like his site, like eight or nine seconds to load, um, to some, to some kind of better host. So it's important like to revisit based on where you are in your business. If you're actually using the right hosting solution, because if you, if you've got a big following online, I mean, not only is it going to be bad for, you know, the number of people you attract if your site is so slow, but also just think about thousands of people actually visiting your site and losing like a couple of seconds every time to view a page. Like the aggregate, actually, you're, you're doing a lot of damage there. You're actually wasting yeah. a lot of time. <laughs> so you also want to think about like what you're, you know, like what's best for your audience and people that visit your site. Yeah. And I've, I've also heard about Bluehost sites getting hacked. You know, it seems to be a fairly common problem these days. Part of it is because Bluehost is so popular, you know, you do hear more stories about Bluehost because there's simply more sites on Bluehost. But, you know, there's also some major security issues that they may or may not have resolved by now. Um, yeah. And we don't really want to sing out Bluehost here because in some ways it's not like it's all that bad, but you have to keep in mind that the reason you always hear about Bluehost and also like HostGator, GoDaddy, DreamHost, etc., is they do have really good affiliate programs. So people have an incentive to promote them, they might not actually be the best solution. But you know, if you get a one hundred dollar sign up bonus for everybody that signs up using your link, you're gonna be pushing that solution. Yeah, and you know, a lot of these shared hosts are in the same boat where you've got some security issues and some other problems. And you know, the, it's it's a trade off. You know, if you want to pay less, you know, these are some things that you kind of have to live with. And we'll go more into you know why we believe that's a bad idea. Right. So. Let's talk about the problems with, um, 
you know, shared cheap hosting companies. The first thing is obviously the load speed. Your site is just going to be very slow. And load speed is getting so important these days. Maybe like five years ago, you would still be able to get away with a really uh, slow website as, you know, everybody's internet connection is kind of slow and competitor sites are slow. But now everybody's kind of improving the site load speed because people have started to realize that the faster your site loads, the higher your conversion rate is going to be. And also Google announced a couple of years ago that site speed is at least a small part of their 200 ranking factors that they use to web to rank websites. So, you know, ever since they announced that, there's this like huge, you know, run and like everybody wants to improve the load speed. So I think you really need a good load speed if you even want to like stay competitive. Yeah. And there's, there's some other advantages too. Uh, one of them is if you're, if you're being built by storage and bandwidth, one of the ways to improve load speed is actually reducing the size of your pages. So you may actually save some money by making a faster site. Uh, another reason why uh, to get load speed better is for mobile. You know, even though internet is getting faster, there's still a lot of people visiting sites on mobile. And, you know, if your site takes a couple seconds on a normal internet connection on mobile, it may take even longer. Yeah. So I think like choosing or migrating to a better host is probably one of the easiest things you can do to improve your load speed. There's a lot of other stuff that goes into that too. And that might be a topic for another episode, but by just by choosing the right host, um, your load speed should go up if you're on one of the uh, slow, cheap shared hosts. So another important aspect is uh, malware and getting hacked. You know, with a lot of these shared hosts, there's a higher risk of uh, getting infected by malware or other sites getting hacked on the same server as yours or, you know, just the server security in general is, yeah. is and locked down. It, I think it's kind of interesting as well because if you don't have some kind of anti-malware solution installed on your site. Like you might actually not realize that your site got hacked. Um, I was looking at a site a couple of months ago for an like Australian business and everything looked completely normal. And then at one point I was just kind of like, I was using some service to check, you know, the if everything is like, okay, with the site and all of a sudden it turns out that they might be infected with malware. And it's not like you get an alert popping up in the WordPress bag and telling you that you've got some malware. Um, so you, so you yeah. might actually not know that you're infected. Yeah, the, so the, the best you know, malware hackers out there are the ones that don't get caught. And, you know, the way to do that is to hide it really well. And essentially the, you know, the longer you have that malware installed, the more money you make if you were the hacker. So you're definitely incentivized to make it hard to find. At a recent WordCamp, actually at the happiness bar, someone was fixing somebody else's site and they had malware, but it only showed up on the archives pages, which is something that a lot of people never even visit. And there was just a, a very strange error on there. And then we, when we actually looked at the code, then we found the malware. So that was pretty well hidden. And hopefully that got uh, cleaned up and the source of it got fixed. All right. The next thing is uptime where, you know, if you have a better host that you're paying more money for, it's just more likely that you're going to have a higher percentage of uptime. And that's important for business. When you like when your site makes money, obviously you want to be online as much as possible. It's also, if your site is down all the time, you're going to get penalized in search engines. Yeah, this is one of the things that I think a lot of people really don't pay attention to, but should. It's a very easy thing. There's a lot of free services uh, we've mentioned before. There's Uptime Robot and Pingdom, and we'll link up to these in the show notes. And basically, these are free services that ping your site and will notify you when it's down and how long it's been down and then when it's back up. And it's it's crucial to have a monitoring service because you're not actually on your site all the time and actually loading the site. So... Uh, if your site is, you know, has 99.9% uptime or it has 95%, you probably won't notice much of a difference if you're just visiting your site yourself. Uh, but that's a pretty huge difference 
in terms of the time that your site is down. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. So I'm actually not monitoring my uptime right now, but I think I, I should set up one of those tools. The last thing we've got here is support. Again, you know, if you're paying more money to like a nice hosting company, you're just more likely to get good support because if you're paying $3 a month, there's only like so much time somebody can spend on helping you, you know, if they want to break even, like imagine somebody needs to spend like three hours on fixing something for you, but you're paying them $3 a month. They're going to be, they're going to be losing money like for the entire year that you're paying them. Yeah. And I think it's also important uh, to have specialized support. We're going to talk about managed hosting uh, in a little bit, but basically if you have a host that only does WordPress, they're going to be a lot more knowledgeable with WordPress. Whereas if you have a host that also supports Joomla and Drupal, obviously WordPress is, they're going to have some support for it, but they're also kind of uh, split uh, supporting some other technologies. Yeah. So I think we've established that choosing the right host is pretty important. And I think you just have to keep in mind that especially as an online business, like your website is basically your business. So just want to make sure that your website is in good hands. So let's talk a bit about our recommendations on what kind of services we think you should be using. And the first category we've got is beginner. So beginner is somebody, see you're starting out, you're not making any money, or maybe you're, you're making like $10 a month from AdSense income, or you're setting up a travel blog or a food blog. It's not really like a business endeavor. You just... Yeah. You're just not, you know, you just don't want to spend too much money because um, you're not making money or you don't plan on making money. Yeah. So we think this category really falls into people that are very much like in the experimental stages or are doing this as a hobby uh, where you're really not ready to invest a lot of real money into this. And, you know, this may be if you're on a really tight budget, uh, you know, where every dollar per month counts. Yeah. So my recommendation would be a small orange. And they do have a shared hosting plan there, which I think might start at like five or seven dollars a month or so for, you know, like a single site with like small site with not that much traffic. But I've had good experiences with them. The support there is pretty responsive. They've got a live chat 24 seven. Yeah. I've, I've had good experiences with a small orange and actually I still have some sites that don't generate revenue on there. And so one that I would recommend is SiteGround. And although I haven't used it myself, I've, I've heard a few people, a few colleagues who I respect recommend them and they've said that that they've had a good experience with SiteGround. Okay. So the other category is business. So business is most likely what you as our listener uh, will be interested in. It's when you have a business that makes money or you just want to like, you're just serious about what you're doing and you can afford to spend a little bit more than five or seven dollars a month. Yeah. So one option, if you have an in-house team, would be to get something like a VPS, which is a virtual private server or a dedicated server. And for most people, we, we don't recommend this because it's it's a lot of a lot of work and a lot of in-house resources that you have to commit. Right. So the advantage is that um, it's fairly cheap. So you can, you, you probably get away paying the same amount of money as using, you know, say like Ismail Orange, um, DigitalOcean or AWS, Amazon Web Services is some of the providers we would recommend. But the thing is, you've got a lot of overhead like you need actually a sys admin so just because you've got a freelancer that you know can change your wordpress theme doesn't mean that they'll be able to maintain your your server you need like linux command line it's not easy it's not something that anybody off the street can do you, you yeah. need an expert to take and, care of your server and you don't have access to support like you would on a small orange uh or another uh hosting company because you're basically you're managing it yourself so you have to take Full responsibility. Right. So if your site goes down on Saturday evening, you need to like try to, you know, get a hold of your of your sysadmin and get it fixed. So 
I think for most people listening to this, this option is a bad idea. And even myself with fatcatapps.com, I've got, I've got like a small in-house development team and, you know, we are fairly technical, but I just see zero upside in using a VPS where we have to maintain everything. It's just absolutely not worth it. Yeah. For companies where this would be the best option is if you really do need more control, uh, you need more ownership over your data. Or you're trying to do something really custom that another hosting provider just won't allow. Yeah. Or maybe you've got like massive amounts of traffic, you know, you're getting like a couple million page views a month or something like that. Then it could get very expensive, you know, using some of the managed options and it might just yeah. be worth it to take care of that in-house. So the next thing we're going to talk about is managed hosting. And this is something that's that's only been around for a couple of years or it's only become uh, more in the forefront. A couple of years ago, the best known managed hosts uh, for WordPress is WP Engine, and you use them. Is that right, David? Yeah, I use WP Engine, and I'm very happy with them. So the thing with managed hosts is that um, they basically maintain the servers, and they uh, you set up a WordPress install there, and WordPress is the only thing you can install there. You can install pretty much whatever plugin and theme you like. I think there's a small amount of restrictions, like you know maybe WP Engine has a blacklist of. I don't know, 20 to 100 plugins you yeah. cannot install, but you can pretty much do whatever you want to, but you have like the, you have the upside of somebody's like taking care of the servers. And you know, like if, if the site goes down or if you're having a support issue, you can, there's somebody you can talk to and that's going to help you fix that. Yeah. Some of the, the common blacklist plugins though are caching plugins, backup plugins, security plugins, uh, and other kinds of optimization. So for some people, these are essential, but you basically have to go with the managed hosts uh, defaults because they have they handle some of the stuff on the server side and you won't be able to configure it yourself or use a plugin that'll do it because it'll conflict with their in-house systems. Right. So, so the reason you cannot use caching or security plugins is because they've already got a system in place for that. Yeah. So some people are happy with that because it's done for you. Uh, other people maybe can do better optimization on their own if they had more control. So it, it does depend a lot on how much uh, control you need, how technical you are. Uh, for most people, you probably don't want to mess with caching. And even though you may not get the absolute fastest caching from WP Engine, it's a lot better than what you would probably do on your own if yeah. you had to try to configure it yourself. Yeah, so I think for, again, 90% of people listening to this, it's probably going to be not a problem. And they think you'll be happy that you've got a caching setup that actually works without you having to configure all the things. And there's so many things you can also mess up if you don't know what you're doing. So there's a lot of downside as well to uh, managing your own solution. So you've been using, again, I'm using WP Engine, Doug. You've used Synthesis and Flywheel, right? Yeah, so I've, I've used WP Engine as well. So Synthesis is a company by Copyblogger. And I would say the, the main advantage of Synthesis is for really large traffic sites, it's a lot more cost effective. There's also, there's very good uptime. And I think with, with all of these managed hosts, they have really good security. And uh, so, so now you're uh, using Flywheel though, mostly for also um, your website at podwp.com, right? And yeah. you've been having really good experiences so far. So with Flywheel, I've had really good uptime and really fast site loading speed. I was, that's the thing I, I'm most impressed with. The server response time, if you, if you want to get technical, that's something that you can't really optimize on your own. It depends on the hosting company. And versus WP Engine and Synthesis, I found really big difference with uh, Flywheel's server response time. So they're my recommendation right now. I've only been using them for a couple months, so it's somewhat early to 
uh, to commit, but you know, so far I've, I have absolutely no complaints with them. Right. And another feature that I think is a huge selling point of managed hosting is staging areas. So what a staging area allows you to do is you can basically copy your life site to a staging server, and then you can modify, you know, your theme or install some new plugins or just mess with your site um, without having to worry about messing anything up on the staging side. And then if you're happy with the changes and everything still works with a click of a button, you can copy it back over to the live site. And I believe WP Engine is the only host that does that so far. It seems that Flywheel um, has the staging area in beta right now, and they're probably going to come up with it within like the next couple of months or so. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't tried out the beta yet. But it's something that uh, their customers have been asking for for a while, and you know they seem to be very responsive for that. So I'm I'm really looking forward to to seeing how how theirs is and how it compares to WP Engine. Right. So I think managed hosting like this is right for you if if you're fairly technical or if you just like to have full control over pretty much or at least like 95% or so of the aspects of your site. I think if you're running a membership site or if you're running an e-commerce store where you have a lot of custom functionality and custom plugins and a very unique uh, setup, then I think that's the route you should go down to. But there is another option, which is closed systems. And closed systems, I think, can be really great solutions. If you're just wanting to blog or you just want to have like a nice looking business website or you want a podcast website and you don't want to worry at all about any of the technical aspects of your site, I think closed systems are very good solution. Yeah, it's one of those things that if your needs match what the system provides, then it's most cost effective and the least hassle. So the biggest one that's out there is WordPress.com. And most of you probably know this already, but the difference between WordPress.com and WordPress.org is that WordPress.org is where you get the free software. Uh, you install it on your own uh, hosting plan and install your own plugins and stuff like that. WP or WordPress.com is where you can sign up for a free account, set up a blog, and choose from a bunch of free themes. And then you can pay for some some upgrades like using your own domain name, turning off their ads, and some other things like that. Right. So, and the reason we're calling it a closed system is because you cannot just go ahead and, you know, install whatever theme you want or install whatever plugin you want. There's only like a small amount of pre-approved plugins and themes that you can use. And again, for most people, if, if all you want to do is blog or set up a basic website or have a podcast, I think closed systems can be a really good solution. And, um, another example is what you've got, like, um, you've got Pod WP and Efficient WP, which you are hosting on Flywheel. Yeah. So this is, I, I've get, gotten asked this question a lot is, you know, what's the difference between your service and WP Engine or Flywheel or another managed host? And, you know, the biggest one is that with my system, you don't have to do any of the upgrades. You don't have to do any of the fixes. Similar to managed hosting, you don't really have to worry about security and you have a really good infrastructure for uptime and load speed. Uh, the, the big disadvantage though, and this, it depends on what your needs are, but similar to WordPress.com is that you can't install your own themes and plugins. You have to use what's available. Right. So you do have a very nice collection of themes and plugins that should probably fit into the use case of, say, like 90% or so of people. So I do think it's a very good solution. But again, if you want something really custom, like you're running e-commerce or maybe like a very custom membership site, then it's probably not the right yeah, solution. Th so there are a lot of restrictions for what I can offer, you know, both because of the way the system is set up 
And in order to scale it and, you know, keep the costs reasonable, basically I charge a similar amount to what you would get from one of these managed hosts. So essentially, if you're comfortable with the restrictions, you don't need custom functionality where, you know, you write your own plugins or you have to install some third-party plugin or something on WordPress.org that isn't already approved on the system. Those kinds of things, you know, you would need your own system and, you know, it wouldn't be a good fit for something like mine or uh, WordPress.com. Right. So it, it really does depend on your use case. Yeah. And of course, as you said, the upside is you just don't have to worry at all about it. So if you want to focus on recording your podcast or, you know, writing blog posts or running your business and just like not have to worry at all really about the technical side of things and don't have to worry about, you know, upgrading WordPress so you don't get hacked. And, you know, when you upgrade the plugins, then maybe something breaks and you just don't have to worry about any of that. So I think it's a very good solution. Um, or in a lot of use cases based on your needs. So let's just talk about pricing with all of the things we compared here. Um, again, like VPS or dedicated server, it's probably going to be fairly cheap. It depends on how much traffic. Um, yeah, it could you start at five dollars you know, a month, five dollars a month, yeah. or even less. Like for example, I'm using AWS to host backups and to host the podcast files at the moment. And my bill is like a couple dollars a month. You know, when I started off, there was a, a free tier, so I actually didn't get billed anything for a while. And then it was a few cents, and now it's a you know a couple dollars. Right. So managed hosting is based on which provider you choose. It's probably starting at around twenty to thirty dollars a month. And then there's the closed systems where WordPress.com on its basic plan is free, but you can't use your own domain, and there's going to be ads. Um, and then like Doug's uh, services at PodWP and EfficientWP are pretty much the same. Actually, cheaper than WP Engine. It's I think it starts at like twenty five dollars a month. Yeah, it's it's a pretty similar price point. Yeah, so I think our conclusion here is that you should invest in quality and peace of mind because this is your business after all that we're talking about, and your web presence is a very crucial part of your business, and especially with services like Flywheel starting at fifteen or Efficient WP starting at twenty five. You're not talking about that much money if you are running a business that actually generates revenue. Yeah, so you know we think. Shared hosting isn't the best idea, but uh, managed hosting or a closed system, again, it depends a lot on your needs and your budget uh, as well. So you should really look at the different options and, you know, see what's best for you. Yeah, so we hope this episode was useful to you. You can find in-depth show notes at wpcast.fm slash hosting. And we would really love to hear from you. Like, which host are you using right now? Are you happy with them? Or are you thinking about migrating? We'd really love to hear from you. Yeah, and if you... Want any advice if you're looking for a new host? You know, we're, we'll be happy to share some recommendations. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail, comments, or otherwise contact us. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can go to wpcast.fm to download our WordPress toolbox, which contains our 50 favorite tools. We'll see you next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.